All right. Here we go. Quiet. Quiet. And the Oscar goes to... You like me right now. You like me. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Fascinating to think that probably the only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by stripping off and showing his shortcomings. And the Oscar goes to... Jack Palance, City Slip. It's a clean sweep. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King... Hello and welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we take a look at the latest movie news, the films of today and yesterday, and put it all into some sort of context. Seated across the microphone from me is Film Buff Online Editor-in-Chief, Rich Drees. And seated across the microphone from me is Film Buff Online Contributing Editor, Natasha Bogutsky. How's it going, Natasha? (laughs) Not bad, not bad. Um, we had a hell of a day today. And I don't it, mean just work. Yeah, day and job. And monotony well, was just, I don't, Do you really want me to talk about the two hours I had trying to connect into systems today for my day job? Do you want to talk about uh, the half hour power nap I tried to take on lunch <laughs> that ended up being an hour and 15 minutes because my fucking alarm didn't go off? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I think you just did. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway. But I think we're talking about movie news. Yeah. Okay, as we record this on uh, Monday evening, seven days to Oscars, and that's going to be the main thrust of this episode, but we wanted to hit a couple of things that kind of excited us first here. We got our first good look at something cinematical beyond, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, beyond uh, Black Widow. They finally dropped the uh, first teaser trailer for the next thing that uh, they have coming down the line, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. That's a thing. Oh, you're not excited. I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm not. Okay. I'm excited about Aquafina, and that is it. Yeah, Aquafina <laughs> seemed fun in the the trailer. Um, wait, no, there's the, someone um, else in that in the film that I'm I'm really excited okay. to see. Well, I know um um our our good friend Bill, who's been on the podcast a number of times, film buff online, comic book film editor emeritus Bill Gatavascus. He actually reached out this morning and was like, "Hey, can I write about the trailer?" I'm like, "Sure," and. He loved it. He's what? 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 Okay, what are you looking at right now? The cast. Oh, read the cast. Tony Leung. Yes. Which, yay, I Mm -hmm. loved him in Lust Caution. Uh, Simi, I'm gonna print. I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, Simi Liu, Mm -hmm. um, who is playing the titular character of Shang Chi, but and whose birthday it is today. Well, we've got Aquafina. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I'm getting, well, yeah, we got Aquafina, but the, come on. Keep going here. Michelle Yeoh. Oh, yes. You didn't know? No. Oh. Wait, but he missed she, that. Wait, 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 wait. Is she reprising her role from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, or is this a completely different character? I believe this is a completely different character. She might be one of the first people since Paul Bettany to play two roles in the Marvel Universe then. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Michelle Yeoh, and anytime I see her on screen, I'm like, badass. Even when she's playing like romantic characters, mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. always a fucking queen. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, I bow down before that okay. woman. I, I think I know the uh, the piece of news that you are very excited about, and that, of course, being the news about uh, Olivia Coleman uh, in negotiations to appear in uh, Disney Plus's Secret Invasion. With Samuel L. Jackson? With Samuel L. Jackson, um... yes. Well, she is a fucking British treasure. Now let's get she her. She is across. a queen on her own. She yes. oh, she is the queen. She well, is. She the, has been. Yes. She is the first one since Helen Mirren to deserve that title. <laughs> okay, and Judy Dench. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited about that. I honest to God, I am. But uh, no, that, that, that kind of floored me when I saw that. My when I saw that news. news. Um, that is not my news. I know you are happy about. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Ah, oh, jeez. Downton Abbey uh-huh. 2 starting production. <laughs> I had heard rumors about it for a while that it was already set to go before um, before quarantine happened. But 
it was never actually officially confirmed. Um, but obviously now we have an official confirmation that they have started production on it. And even more so, it's going to be out this Christmas. Yes. Which, what? <laughs> They've already started shooting. And funnily enough, if they started shooting last, um, let's see, today's the 19th. Mm -hmm. If they started shooting last Wednesday or Thursday, that would be very appropriate. Do you know why? No. Think about one of the very first things I complained about with Downton Abbey when I watched it. Oh, Titanic. Yes. The the entire television series opens with news about the uh, Titanic uh, disaster. And last Thursday, Friday, was the anniversary of said Titanic disaster. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the, the actors joining the cast. You mm -hmm. you told me about Dominic West. Yes, that was the you, headline on Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. And then they had a couple of other names. I was going to say, the, you um, completely overlooked Hugh Dancy, who yes. doesn't get enough fucking credit well, ever. No, he doesn't. Uh, that was all part of the press release, and we quoted that part of the press release in our news coverage for uh, this for Film Buff Online. You wrote up an article? Yes. Aww. Thank you for Thank you for watching what we do on the site. I was working. I bitch. know. <laughs> I know. Well, so was I, but um, <laughs> anyways. Oh, thank you. You made my <laughs> yes. day. Um, it was it was just one of those quick pieces that, you know, kind of quote some of the press release, give yeah. a little background. No, I feel but get bad that I excited. didn't write that up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have time for more Downton Abbey uh, news, I'm sure. I will as write the review the year when goes it comes on. out. Of course you will. <laughs> of course you will. Um, the question is, are we getting Maggie Smith back? Yes. Wow. Yes. Hollywood Reporter uh, made sure to double check on that. Good, because mm -hmm. uh, the last film ended with a very poignant scene about Maggie Smith that made us believe that she would not be coming back. True. And... And remember, at the time, we discussed this, too, I think, in our review, that if they were to do a second one, mm -hmm. that would be a way to open it, would be, like, the aftermath of her passing. Yeah. And how oh, does God. the family if, go on from there? If we get which, that which is on screen, it's going to be even more depressing. Yeah, it's depressing as hell. But from a standpoint where you're looking for good drama, mm -hmm. that's that's a pretty good drama. Yeah, it is. So. But uh, that but is not what we, are, what we are here for today, is <laughs> yes, it? Yes. No. Speaking of good dramas. <laughs> the Academy Awards are this weekend? The Academy Awards are this coming uh, Sunday. That's the pinnacle of week, Hollywood soap opera. Week away. True. <laughs> well, yeah. Because you've got, you've got lots of uh, different narratives for different story, uh, different films and different actors and actresses and the whole Oscar race and how it plays out, you know, first with the Golden Globes and then the SAGs and the Writers Guild and the Producers Guild, Critics' Choice, BAFTA, and what seems to be coming up in, in you know, who looks likely to win, who doesn't, who's an underdog, who's a comeback from behind victory. Holy crap. Par uh, Parasite last year. I don't think anybody really expected the way it swept. I was just gonna say, who's but the biggest attention whore out there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I'm a big fan of the Oscars. I'm mm -hmm. not shitting on them. Yeah. I just I needed to make a joke there. And um, <laughs> this year, I think is gonna be. It's it's an interesting year. Mm -hmm. uh, we've lost a lot of big movies over the course of the whole year. Uh, if this had been a non-COVID year and just everything came out as normal in contention we would have had uh in the heights and steven spielberg's west side story which yeah. you know very in like the heights it. yes west side story it's <laughs> it's spielberg it's it's spielberg it's well, a classic musical it's it would have been a factor in this yeah and i say that sight unseen and i generally don't like to do that but i have a feeling those couple of factors alone were going to make it true, but the last few things you know, that Spielberg has jumped behind has not succeeded. So eh, true. <laughs> I don't think but... Spielberg is the awards darling he used to be because of all the shit that he's talked about streaming services and stuff. And now this past year, that is more poignant than ever. True, true. And I think you know the amount of things that have been released via streaming and via very small theatrical releases have made this a very interesting year for what we're seeing nominated. And I hate to say it, 
that I don't think some of these things would have been nominated in a normal year. They're great, and they are all entirely worthy of nomination. I just don't think they would have gotten it if we had, you know, a few more things in the room. Um, yeah, Tenet's like one of the only really big blockbustery films for 2020. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> well, there's some... <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna dish. Uh, I'm gonna serve a little tea here that I've been hearing discussed in uh, uh, film critic circles and film reporter circles. Mm-hmm. Turns out uh, Warner Brothers is not too happy with Mr. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Mm, are we surprised at this? No, because remember when they announced their move to put all of their films onto uh, HBO Max and do day and date theatrical release. Mm-hmm. He basically came out and said it was the worst of the streaming services. So, ouch. Yeah. So they didn't. Um, they didn't really give him any push for uh, the Oscars with the Academy. They sent out screeners to the visual effects branch, and that was it. And they, uh, the Academy has a um, a special streaming site for members that they can go and review all the movies that are you know shortlisted for mm-hmm. for nomination and apparently warners took it off that site that's oh, how wow. yeah that's how pissed they are and you remember warners and nolan used to love each other oh god they're all just in the scratch in the, backs in the tree kiss kiss kissing and uh, and like, i have a movie Great. Don't even tell us what it's about. Here's money. Go yeah, make it. You're going to make us Here's money. a wheelbarrow full of $1,000 bills. Go make a movie. And he comes back with, you know, uh, Inception. Inter- Inception or Interstellar or one of the other movies he made that begins with the letter I. <laughs> and um, sorry, I caught you with that joke while you were drinking, and I apologize. Uh, at least that wasn't the Fast and Furious spit take. <laughs> True. <laughs> and so, yeah, so apparently... The scuttlebutt that I am hearing about is that there's some tension there. Not surprised after mm-hmm. um, after everything hit HBO Max, like he he was kind of really pushing like a director's strike on Warner Brothers for a while. So I'm not surprised at any yeah. of this. Neither am I really. Mm-mm. So that's you know that's taking like one of the big uh, contenders right out of the picture here, leaving us with I still think. An incredibly good slate of films, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, now, before we kind of bang through everything here, um, and we're going to concentrate on—I hate to say it—the main I, stuff, the main stuff, <laughs> the the acting awards, writing, director, best picture. Um, we are going to quickly kind of look at a few of the races in some of the other technical categories, and um, but even before we hit that, really quick, I want to go and ask you. Because I know I have a few here. Mm-hmm. What films that are nominated here that we're probably going to be discussing, or at least you know, in terms of categories, what haven't you had time to get to? Uh, the only thing I haven't done is Minari. Okay. Um, and that's out of the major nominations. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't watched um, News of the World either, but I'm not. I don't think News of the World really is going to be as heavy of a hitter as the others. So It's it's good. And like I said uh, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about Tom Hanks a little bit. Um, I I liked his performance, but, you know, it's Tom Hanks. I'm always going to like his performance. I don't, you know, I don't. He's too likable. I don't see him <laughs> giving a bad performance unless somebody really does something horrible in editing to him. Out of the Best Picture nominees, that's the only one I haven't done. Okay. I um, see. Oh, okay. So I'm. I, I think I'm covered there. Okay. I have seen all the best picture nominees now. Finishing mm-hmm. off last night. Um, out of some of the acting categories and everything, I have not, and I have not seen another round, which I know you watched and loved. Well, that's not so, any any of the acting categories. Well, acting in the other categories, it's best oh, okay. director and stuff. Um, yeah. So I do want to get to that. Um, you better. Yeah. Well, I still have a week to go, but just for the sake of our discussion today, um, let's see. And uh, pieces of a woman. Okay, I haven't done pieces of a woman. I haven't done a hillbilly allergy. Elegy. Elegy. Whatever. Same here. Yeah. Those are like the three out of the bigger categories, 
and I have um, a couple of the documentary uh, features to get through still. And um, I have not watched Over the Moon or the Shaun the Sheep movie Farmageddon in uh, Best Animated Feature. Hold on, I'm bouncing back and forth but, looking for stuff on the, the site. Give me a second. Yeah, okay. um, animated, I haven't seen Onward or it's, Shaun the Sheep or Wolf Walkers. Oh. Um, I have seen oh. Soul and I've seen about three quarters of Over the Moon. <laughs> um, well, which is really good, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, Onward was fine. It's nominated because it's from Pixar. Mm. And that's it. It's not good. It's not top tier Pixar. I didn't like it all that much. Soul is really good, but I really liked Wolfwalkers. I've heard good things about Wolfwalkers. Um, so I, you know, that's again, that's another category I'm not going to be able to catch up with all the way through and, you know, until probably Sunday afternoon before um, the Oscars start. Um, out of, out of the, uh, the, International, the only one I've seen is another round, but I've seen the one that's going to yeah. win, so it doesn't I, matter. Yeah, I like that that is in the best international feature and it has the best director nomination, mm -hmm. even if it's not in the um, uh, best picture. I, I like that we're starting to see a little bit more crossover, and apparently, I'm just pissed because, that there's no acting nom for him. And apparently, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, we're starting to see, we're going to probably see more of that. Because uh, the director's branch is starting to get more and more um, foreign directors in. Good. And I think that's going to open up things and open up a lot of uh, films, which should be should be good. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, just kind of looking over everything else really quickly. Best sound, of course, is Sound of Metal. Yeah. yeah. There's... If, if they don't give it to Sound of Metal for the work in that movie, um, it, it just burned down Hollywood. Just burn it all down. <laughs> it's um, Costume design. It's a toss-up right now between Emma and Mank. Emma is historically more accurate, mm -hmm. but Mank has to deal with the fact that it's shot in black and white. Yeah. So uh, just because of how it works with the cinematography, Mank might win that one, mm -hmm. but it belongs. It should go to Emma. Yeah. Uh, there's no contention on that one. Mm -hmm. Um... I've heard that when it comes to costume design, Emma was the most authentic historical piece done this year across the board. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you think for visual effects, Tenant will get it or are they, uh, as a Mercy Award or is it Hold just... On, let me see what's in visual. Uh, you've got Midnight Sky, mm -hmm. Milan, The One and Only Ivan, and Love and Monsters. Yeah, it's going to go to Tenant. Yeah. I think which is like the biggest name in that category, then Milan, and then and Mulan did Mulan uh, didn't really have great visual effects. I think there's a lot of effects in there that are invisible, like in terms of like uh, extending sets and making things look bigger yeah. and building out. Which is stuff. which is a sad which is sad because most of the sets don't look that big. Even on mm -hmm. screen, they don't look that big. I think most of their budget went into the Phoenix, the Falcon, and the Avalanche, and that's about it. Okay, well, still, that's <laughs> enough, you know. Um, it's not that it doesn't, great. It doesn't have to be wall-to-wall, -wall, you know, ridiculous eye candy. No, it doesn't, but it has to be good it's, visual effects. It's in good there. visual effects, not most visual effects. No, I agree with that, but I don't think the visual effects were as good as Tenet. Mm -hmm. And they don't play into the story as much. Um, yeah, sounds, um, that's sentimental. Yeah. Um, I would like to see film editing go to the father. I would as well. Um, as well as production design. And we talked about this before. Yeah. On uh, a couple weeks ago when we reviewed the father. I don't even want to get into song because the only one I've heard right now is speak now. Mm -hmm. Um, score. I, I'm pretty certain that's going to go to soul. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> it's going to soul. Um, makeup and hairstyling. Again, it should go to Emma. It's going to go to Mank mm -hmm. because of the, again, it's working with black and white. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate that, that that's going to be the biggest contention it's, is whether or not 
you know, because it's not as good. And I had my issues with the cinematography in Mank partially because it was streaming, and so a lot of the blacks were getting crushed just by the nature of the compression of the video signal. Mm -hmm. And I could see it, and I was just like, ugh. That was one of those ones where I really wished I had been able to get out to see it theatrically because they did give it a small theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm so glad that I caught Emma on the big screen because uh, the coloring in that movie mm-hmm. was so stunning to look at. And you could actually like see the textures in the weebs. That's how well like everything stood out on screen. Is that you could actually see like that silk, the way it's weaved together. Like you could see that in the material. It was just, it was so punchy on screen. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. Okay. Um, Um, But I think that about covers us. That covers the the smaller stuff. Let's get into the bigger stuff. Going to start right off with um, the two screenplay ad uh, categories. That's what I thought you were going to (laughs) do. So let's look at first best original screenplay. And our nominees are Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. And I do want to point out that Trial of Chicago 7 won the Golden Globe Award, and Promising Young Woman run, won the Writers Guild, and... Um, the BAFTA, right? No, it did not win the BAFTA. It won the Critics' Choice. Okay. Uh... Well, Trial of Chicago 7, it's Sorkin. Everything he does is good. Um, I'd like to see it go to Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. It's got, it, I, no one else stands a chance between those two. Okay. It, yeah. it what is... would you vote for, and who do you think is going to win? I think let's, let's just do that again. I don't know who's going to win in this category. Okay. I literally don't know, and I'm usually good at picking them. Mm-hmm. But here I am just... I think Emerald Fennel is such a good heavy hitter, just like Phoebe Waller-Bridge when she's she writes female power, uh, centric stories and she knows how to write women. Uh, Aaron Sorkin is good at writing women. He's great at writing men. I would disagree with you about him writing women on, on t- at times, but uh, newsroom. Newsroom is better. He he's I, gotten better. He's but gotten if you look, better. His some of his CJ stuff on The West Wing was mm. not. Good. How does how does he introduce her in the West Wing, on a treadmill, and then she falls off it? Well, honest to God, that was it was funny, and all the I, others. I honest to God, I'm okay with that because it set a tone for some of the storyline. Like, oh, we're not just completely serious. We are going to have moments of comedy mm-hmm. as well. But we're not looking at some of his past, past works of yeah, how know, he wrote women. For we're this, looking for at well, how he has gotten better writing women now. There's barely but any women in this thing, though. There isn't. There's one woman, and I think she only has two scenes. Yeah. So that doesn't play in here. He's mm-hmm. playing to his strengths here. And Emerald is playing to her strengths. True. So it is going to be a prize fight between these two. Mm-hmm. I personally would like to see it go to Promising Young Woman. As would I. Okay. But I'm a Sorkin fan as well. So. <laughs> I, 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 honest to God, I don't know. True enough. Uh, I, I, I can't say either. Um, there's, they're all great screenplays. Um, and honestly, though, if I had to rank them, I'd still probably put Trial of the Chicago Seven at the bottom of those five. If I was doing like some kind of stack voting, um, you know, I'd probably go Promising Young Woman or Minari as my top. Then uh, third place would be Sound of Metal, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Trial of the Chicago 7. I'm going to disqualify Minari because I haven't seen it. Okay. So I, yes. I'm i not yep. even – yeah, I don't, have an, um, I don't have anything to say there. I would go Promising Young Woman, Trial of the Chicago 7, Judas and the Black Messiah, and then Sound of Metal. I've actually read the script for Trial of the Chicago 7. So it's, it's, um, it's really good, and that's why I would definitely put that at number two. Okay. All right, moving along, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. Nominations are uh, Borat, Subsequent Movie Film, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, The White Tiger, and the winners in this category out of everything so far, um, 
Borat's subsequent movie film won the Writers Guild Award for Best Adapted Screenplay and, and the Golden Globe. And um, Nomadland went uh, with uh, Critics' Choice. I have a feeling so. it's going to go to Borat. I would give it to The Father. If I it, if it, this was my personal choice, I would give it to The Father. Where it's going to go, it's going to go to Borat. Most likely. Um, I think the Academy kind of likes the political moment that that movie was released in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, you know, it monstrously. Shook the <laughs> yeah, it shook the heavens. But literally like a month later, no one was talking about it, though. That's the thing. It was just a, so of its moment. In, in everything that was going on with the election and everything. And then, boom, it was gone. It did. I don't think it had the staying powers like the original Borat movie did. Oh, the original the Borat had a lot of shock value to it, whereas Bor- Borat subsequent movie film, I think, is more emotional of a movie. Oh, yes. And um, there- But it also do- deals with politics, and it deals with COVID, and... Yeah, it is very of the moment, but it pissed so many people off. So they actually lost. I think they <laughs> lost more viewers um, than they would have not just making it just kind of a comedy. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the this fact had- that they kind of expanded on it and gave it an emotional core. And there's actually some scripted storyline. It's not so- Solely yeah. dependent on him I interacting like the, with regular people. I like the second one better than the first because it has something worth saying. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. that is something that in our current political climate, not a lot of people want to hear. And if we feel well, like that was the same with the first movie, too. Yeah. But if we feel uh, like you're coming after us, we're going to shut you down and we're not going to go see it. Plus, no, I, th- I, I disagree because the first movie did amazing business. And it was, I think, on a certain level, a lot harsher than this movie was in terms of its criticism of American society. I don't think so. I, well, you know, I, yeah, I just lived in that moment though, so that's my. Um, no, I I came at it from a and, I came at it from watching both in twenty twenty, and um, the first one it it does hit. But those hits have just kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. Whereas the second one, um, we are a society that has become more and more uh, polarized by our views. And we we take them so seriously that you just know <laughs> I'm not even going to fucking okay. listen to you, what you have to say. So... Mm-hmm. I think that one hurts worse. Okay. Okay. That's a fair opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so quickly then, you think uh, it's go- it's going to go to Borat. What would you vote for? I wish it would go to the father. It's going to go to Borat. Mm-hmm. If I if I was stack voting, um, I like the White Tiger, uh, but it just it didn't seem to get any traction in terms of like the award season itself mm. it's a fine film and i think people will continue to discover it one night in miami was good did you watch that yet yes it was good wasn't yeah. it yeah yeah nomadland um, I, my my vote would be between somewhere between the father and nomadland mm-hmm. um moving on best actress in a supporting role we have maria bakalova from borat uh, glenn, which she was good glenn close from hillbelly elegy Olivia Coleman from The Father, Amanda Seyfried from Mank, and Yu Jung Yong from Minari. And out of these cat out of these uh, nominees, uh, Maria Bakalova won the Critics' Choice Award. And um Yu Jung Yun won at uh, the SAG Awards and uh, the BAFTAs. I want it to go to Olivia Coleman, but I think it's gonna go to Maria Bakalova. Um I am enjoying the fact that we are looking at a second year after, what, 2018? Mm-hmm. Where Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman are faced off in a category. And they, to me, seem to be mostly the front runners. Well, well, they were until Yu Zhang Yun uh, kind of uh, just took over and everything. So, honestly, I think it's going to go to her. I really do. They're all great. Uh well, the ones that I saw, I missed. I've not seen Hillbilly Elegy. And again, that's a case where people are talking. It's a 
It's a great performance in a meh film. Yeah. So. But the, the, we've had a lot of those this year. Yeah. Unfor- I mean, you're going to see that every year. But it just seems it could be kind of standing out this year. But yeah, either Maria Bakalova or Yujong Yun. And either one, I'd be happy with. Either one. Um, supporting actor. Supporting actor. Uh, we've got Sacha Baron Cohen in Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Ricci for Sound of Metal. And um, Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. And out of these nominations, um, Daniel Kaluuya <laughs> won uh, at the SAG Awards and the Critic Choice. And the Golden Globes. And the Golden Globes. So, um, I guess it's just his. It is his. It is his, yeah. It, it, it was his from the moment Thank you, that... everybody else, for showing up. You look great in the tuxes. Good night. <laughs> uh, it was his ever since the trailer dropped for Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> Literally. They, they only need to show one scene. Yeah. I am a revolutionary. And that's it. Done. Yep. Boom. Good night. Yeah, good night. We're done. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. And not to disparage any of those other performances. I loved Leslie Odom in One Night in Miami, mm-hmm. and I loved uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in Trial. The moment I saw his performance, I go, that's Oscar nom right there. Yeah. Right there. Immediately, mm-hmm. I knew it. Uh, okay. So, but quickly then, uh, moving on, Best Actress in a Leading Role. We have Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Francis McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. And this category feels wide open to me if you're looking at previous winners for stuff, because Viola Davis took home the SAG Award, Andra Day took home the Golden Globe, Francis McDormand took home the BAFTA, and Carrie Mulligan took home the Critics' Choice Award. Oh, shit. <laughs> just, just to even everything out, let's give Vanessa Kirby the Oscar. <laughs> Okay, so everybody got something. Everybody got something. Viola Davis is an Oscar darling. Uh, out of the ones I've seen, Andrew Day gives the better performance. If someone was going to steal, I would hope it would be Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. And as much as I love Vanessa Kirby, I haven't seen pieces of a woman yet, so I can't. I can't mm-hmm. even. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the few that I have not seen either. So that's kind of we got to set that aside. Uh, Frances McDormand, I really like in Nomadland. She's very authentic, but she's always authentic. She just disappears into her roles, as far <laughs> far as I'm concerned. As I told you the other day, she's great at playing the every woman. Mm-hmm. She's always good at that, and she, here it just feels like she's playing it again, and I'm tired of it. Okay, okay, because she played that in. Um, uh, she was a little more heated and fired up in three billboards, but mm-hmm. again, she was playing the every woman. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I uh, just give me something a little different. Okay. Give me Carrie Mulligan or give me Andre Day, because I will tell you right now with Andre Day, when she starts singing as Billy, it's amazing. I, I am a big Billy Holiday fan. I have like a mm-hmm. three record set on on white vinyl. <laughs> I can't tell them apart. That's how good it is. I know. It's amazing. And again, great performance. Meh movie. <laughs> Meh movie. You're being kind. Okay. But anyways. <laughs> um, and uh, I, oh man, I hate to say it though. I think it's it's really going to Viola Davis though. <sighs> she does not deserve it. I know. It's, it's a supporting role. I don't yeah, think it's a lead role. Bingo. Supporting. I know. But hey. Mm. That that's why we have these conversations. That's what the Oscars do. Mm. Um, okay, uh, best actor. We've got Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yun for Minari. And Chadwick Boseman has won so far the Golden Globe, the SAG, the Critics' Choice. While Anthony Hopkins took home uh, for the BAFTA, the BAFTA, yes. Anthony Hopkins is English, of course. He's going to take home the BAFTA. <laughs> yes, very true. <laughs> I, I was, I wanted to say that joke over on lead actress, but Frances McDormand's doesn't count. So no, she's from Pennsylvania. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to see it go to Anthony Hopkins. 
Um, but this was Chadwick Boseman's race from the moment I saw the movie. And yeah. it has nothing to do with the fact that he's passed away. His performance just outshines everyone else. I I think he is a character you sh- you would not like as a person in real life. You yeah. would just hate this asshole. But he makes that character believable, believable and likable. You still care about this character. You you root for and, him. Yeah, uh, right up until the end when you see what happens. And and honest to God, I showed my mom that two minute section from mm-hmm. the movie. It's the only thing she had seen from Ma Rainey. She started bawling her eyes out. Wow. That's all I needed. <laughs> and um, honest to God, I, I saw this movie. It blew me away. And I think I messaged you right after I was done saying, that's it. Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman's got this. It was like he knew that this was his last movie. So he gave it literally everything he, he, he had. He left it, everything on the field. There. He had a fire in his belly to to give the best mm-hmm. performance of his entire career here. Yes. And and he succeeded. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very angry, though, that someone is not in this category. Can I just briefly mention yes. this? Because yes. this blew Vent. me away. Bent away. Okay. Gary Ullman, throw him out. Yeah, I would say that, too. Um, I, I love mean, Gary Ullman, but he's, he's always really good. But yeah. this is not his best work. No. Someone who does belong in this category is Mads Mikkelsen for another round. Okay. He fucking deserves to be in here, and it is a sh- goddamn shame that it is, that he isn't. Because mm-hmm. I think it's the best work of his career. Mm-hmm. Throw out Casino Royale. Throw out Hannibal. He's really good at playing those psychopaths over in our market. Now let's see him play just a regular Joe Schmo over in his own country. But the character and how he develops that and how it goes through a metamorphosis mm-hmm. that by the end of that film you are smiling that he has reached this point and he does it so authentically that you don't even notice mm-hmm. it's such great subtle acting even more so than what anthony hopkins does or riz ahmed does okay but this is all going to chadwick boseman oh god yeah okay um next up best director and the nominees are Thomas Vintberg for Another Round, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. And Chloe Zhao has walked out with all the hardware for Golden Globes, uh, Directors Guild, Critics' Choice, the BAFTAs. Do you not no. think she's not getting this? She's getting it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, again, I would go with Thomas Vintberg or uh, Emerald Fennell. But it's going to Chloe. There's there's no doubt on that one. She's mm-hmm. got this in the bag. Oh, yeah. She most definitely does. And outside of Another Round, which I have not seen, all of these, you know, were very well-directed films. Um, you know, Fincher was a bit of a labor of love because his father had written the screen the screenplay for this years ago. So, you know, this was him, you know, completing his dad's work there. And I think some of that shows. Um but you know that uh, Minari, I think, has a very similar vibe to Nomadland in that it's like a very lo-fi um, film, very low-key. It's just a very nice character drama. I did not like Nomadland. I mean, I liked it. I didn't love it. Okay, I, I gave it like a four star. Wow, it, it did not blow me away. Okay, that's. I know that's that's some strong. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. are we in picture yet or no? Uh, we are getting to there. Okay. If, if you, if you're ready, we can just graduate right to a uh, best picture. <laughs> and, um, the nominees are the father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and the Chicago, Trial of the Chicago 7, with Minari getting the Golden Globe for best foreign language feature, which is weird. Um, huh? Minari is about 60% uh, Korean. Yeah, but is it in international? The Golden Globes oh. have it in their best for- had it in their best foreign language feature. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, even though it was all financed and shot in America. And uh, Nomadland, though, took home the Golden Globe, the Producers Guild Award, the Critics' Choice, and the BAFTA. 
So this seems pretty much like it's Nomad. This it's is going to be Nomad yeah, Land. hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't go to Nomad Land, it's going to be a big shocker, like when Moonlight walked over La La Land or um, Green Book walked over every thing that year (laughs) yeah exactly i still like green book green book pisses me off (laughs) that movie is just Mm -hmm. yikes um yikes on bikes if i gave this if i was choosing who this was going to i would give it to promising young woman uh or the father Mm -hmm. um with judas and the black messiah being a close third okay um um for me it would be a toss-up between Nomad Land and the Father, with Promising Young Woman in third. Um, and I, I think you know, and I'll, I'll flatly admit it for myself that a lot of my positive reaction to the Father is because I felt a personal connection to what was going on in there with, because of my own parents. And we and talked I, about this on our review two weeks ago or whatever. And I think that's why it would prevent it from getting the award not because of your personal experience with it but it is so harsh Mm -hmm. that um and and when i say harsh i don't mean it in a bad way i mean it it, it's it's so realistic yeah yeah and such a rough sit that it's not going to they're not going to highlight it to to get people over to see it because Mm -hmm. too many people would get personal about it well let me ask you this because you know a lot of the voters in the academy are watching this stuff at home through uh streamers and the the academy streaming service and everything Mm -hmm. do you think it's tougher to watch a movie like this at home sitting on your couch as opposed to seeing it in a theater because you're in a space of comfort i heard somebody talk about this before and because like you're in a space of comfort and then you're putting yourself into an emotionally tough uh, space to watch something like this? Or is it easier to watch something that's going to affect you emotionally in but a detached. place? Oh, yeah, detached from your normal comfort surroundings. So you can walk away from that and then leave the movie theater behind and then come home to where you don't have that connection to the material. I would agree with that. Uh, usually I would say watch something in the comfort of your home. Um, just, well, not like I, I'm, a, I'm big on the studio, the cinema experience, mm-hmm. but watching a movie like this, it would be nice to be wrapped up in comfort. But if, um, if you know, it's going to shake you to your core, maybe not bringing that into your comfort zone <laughs> is a good idea. Because mm-hmm. now you're stuck with it there and you have nowhere to go. Exactly. Um, whereas we, we saw it in the cinema and it was it was good to be able to, to go from there and, and come home and throw on something else that would make us feel a little safer and make us feel a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with that. And it's not a film that is easy to sit through. So, um, so, so yeah, do you don't, think that's going to yeah. impact voters viewing a couple of i mean obviously nomad lands another movie that's a little tough to watch um i terms, didn't have a problem with it in terms well i i think you know if you have any amount of economic anxiety and i do you know i make enough to you know survive and have a nice apartment and everything but there are times when i'm just like you know jesus if i lost my job and you know i couldn't get unemployment i'd be screwed in like in less than a month and I, you know, I watch something like that and I think, oh boy, but for the grace of God go I, that I'm not literally living out of a van, uh, you know, and traveling around like a migrant worker looking for, you know, work. Mm. And, you know, it, so it, it, you know, watching that, you know, it, I got a little anxious watching it, I'll admit, you know. So I can see where some people might not want to watch you know something like that i don't think it's impacted nomadland so far based on all of its wins across uh, the award season but i do wonder if something like the father uh suffered a little bit because people couldn't get out the theaters to see it and didn't want to watch it at home yeah i would i would expect that as well particularly if you're living with family members maybe helping take care of them in the house like for mm-hmm. example my mom spent the last five years taking care of my dad mm-hmm. watching this in her living room when he is 
in a hospital bed in the dining room is not going to be an an easy yeah. thing to try to get through and then go okay now that this is over i have to go make his dinner mm-hmm. it's it's it, it, no because that that's supposed to be your time of of comfort and, and a break and a breather you don't want to mm-hmm. be thrown right back into exactly what you're trying to take a break from true so we are agreed Nomadland is going to be the queen of the uh, the evening, pretty much. Yeah. But. Poor Mank. <laughs> All those nominations oh, for Oh, you not. know Netflix was like, oh, the, when when that came in, they're just like, oh, this is, we're going to the Academy Awards, everybody. And they're like, nope, you're going home empty handed. If it gets anything, it'll probably get cinematography and maybe the hairstyling awards and such. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I'm not seeing it, it it's, go. It, yeah, it's going to get technical stuff. It's not going to get mm-hmm. above the line. No. Um, this is going to be a weird, weird. I will. Weird, I will cry uh, for another round. <laughs> I'm actually already looking at purchasing it on Blu-ray because mm-hmm. I want that on my shelf. And I'm extremely picky. But out of mm-hmm. the movies this year, um, that's the that is literally the only one mm-hmm. I want. It's it's going to be, like I was starting to say, a weird, weird, weird uh, ceremony this year. Half of it, you know, is going to take place at uh, Union Station in Los Angeles. A big cavernous, it's an actual train station that they I know. still use. Yeah. And this way they can get everybody in, but keep everybody kind of distanced. Um, they're going to go back to the theater for, like, performances, which... Is going to be weird. It's going to obviously it's going to affect like the singers or the performers because they're not going to be able to get that immediate spontaneous feedback from the audience. Yeah. And can we also talk about um, this is the probably the year that we fucking needed a host? Yes. This is definitely a year we need somebody to kind of keep things moving along and provide an air of continuity. Yeah. Because now you're looking at two spots. And you need someone to kind of bounce you back and forth and keep the pace and keep the timing going. Mm -hmm. Because you're not in one room. You're now in how many? Yeah. This is, what, the third year in a row we've gone without a host? I I haven't seen it work right. Yeah, and we've hated it. We've hated it every time. But um, So what's the one thing you do want to kind of hope to see this, uh, this coming Sunday? I don't have anything. You don't? Usually I do. Uh, this year, no, I don't. Okay. This feels very weird to me, but I literally have nothing wow. for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching the Oscars since probably 98. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know. You know, I have a few favorites I would prefer win, but I don't think are going to. Um, I think what's interesting in the acting categories, all four of the acting categories, Mm -hmm. if you look at uh, all four of the people who won um, the SAG Awards, were um, uh, actors of color. So I think that that would be historic if that were to be repeated across into the Oscars as well. I would be happy with that. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Um, the, there is something that I am kind of angry about, um, Hmm. and it would be that I would switch Viola Davis and Olivia Coleman in their prospective categories, but that was a little too late on that. Olivia (laughs) Coleman deserves to be an actress and Viola Davis deserves to be in supporting. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Olivia Coleman's role is not a fucking supporting role. It's not. No, no. She's she's the lead female in that movie. Yeah. And it is not a supporting role. And and Viola Davis is the lead female in her movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only two females in the ro- in in the film, but the amount of time that she spends on screen doesn't feel like a lead performance. Literally, the only reason she's in lead. Is because her character's name is in the fucking title. <laughs> and I wow. think that's it. Wow, wow, wow. You are a little upset about that. I'm very upset about this. <laughs> I love Viola Davis, but she doesn't belong here. And uh-huh. it's screwing someone else out of getting that nomination. Okay. Fair enough. But as I always say, when the Academy Awards uh, go the way we want them to, that just validates our tastes and choices in film. 
And when the Academy Awards go the way we don't want them to, the Academy Awards suck. <laughs> yeah, I will never actually say that. I know, but you know what I'm that's saying. How, that's it's, how a lot it's, of people It's how everybody think. relate to the Academy Awards. Yeah. They're great when they validate you, but they stink when they don't validate you. Oh, fuck that. They're great all the time. At I least, know. It, I know. It, yeah, it's just, it's. <laughs> we look at film a little different here. True. That's uh, true. We look at it as they're all pieces of art and... And ultimately, horse racing them against each other is kind of goofy. It is kind of goofy, fun, but it's, it's fun, yeah. yeah we enjoy the, the conversation. It's, we enjoy the race. It's our Super Bowl. It's our March Madness. And we enjoy it just as much as the rest. True. But I think that and, about wraps us up for this week. Yes. Now, remember, you can find us online at bigpicturepod.com. And we are now available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So either use the link in the show notes post or head directly there. Search and hit subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a positive review because that always helps us connect with new listeners. And we will be back next week to find out who won and who is not even – they're not even having a Vanity Fair party this year to go get drunk at and Or be upset. any Elton John party. No, I know. I know. Or who's going home and hitting the scotch hard. Poor uh, Vanessa Kirby <laughs> is going to drink. So, yeah. So join us next time for our big – post academy awards wrap-up show and it's all right here on the big picture podcast where any office boy or young mechanic can be a panic with just a good-looking pan and any shop girl can be a top girl if she pleases the tired businessman. Hooray for Hollywood. You may be homely in your neighborhood. Dun, 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 dun.